Blog Talk Radio.
Hi, I'm Bill Gaither, and what you just saw... God, we're grateful, because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. And we pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord, but we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord. And you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God. And give us a refilling, Lord. That when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord. That as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee. And healing is in your wings. And you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls. And in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord. Every demonic force, Lord. God that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord. Because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord. Because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord. Because you're the answer, God, for our trouble.
troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was listening to uh, that gate, the band this morning. Where could I go? but to the Lord. I say, where should I go? But to the Lord. Where else should I go when trouble arrives, when things are not going the way that I know that they could or they should go? Where could I go? Or where should I go? But to the Lord. He's a refuge. He's our source. He's got all our resources. Everything we need, he has it. So we should go to the Lord in prayer, believing that not only he hear us, but he's going to send an answer to us. Yeah, he's going to fix it even for us. Many times I've prayed about things and I was waiting, you know, to hear what the Lord would have me to do. He didn't have me to do anything because he did it all. He just fixed it, (laughs) took care of it. The only thing I had to do was just have the patience and trust him, faith, believe in him, that he would do it for me. The scripture says we can come boldly before the throne of grace and make our petition known unto him. We can come boldly. We don't have to be afraid. You know, we don't have to be timid. We don't have to be scared. We can just come before God, before his throne. And tell him what it is that we need. Tell him what it is that we feel we want. We talked about it. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. (laughs) He's there for me all the time. He never leaves. While I'm sleeping, he's there. And many days he will send his angels and give them charge concerning me. And I know people like what money can do. We don't love it, but we do enjoy what money can do. So many times I tell my own money angels, I said, go get my money. Sometimes I'm just saying, I want money. (laughs) Big, big money. Money makes me happy. Money makes me glad. I want money, money, big, big money. Ain't nobody mad but the devil about it. 
because money answers all things. It's that loving it is the root of all evil. There's nothing too terrible for you to do to get money if you love it. You rob, steal, big and hard because you love it. Yeah. But money itself is good. And money itself can do good things. And who don't need money? I don't know where they are unless they have plenty of it. And we're coming into the holiday season. And many times this time of year, there are a lot of things we want to personally do. We want our own personal meal for the table. And we're not necessarily celebrating what the pilgrims per se celebrated, but we're celebrating all year long the thanksgiving to God for what he has done for us from January, even through December. We tell him thank you. And they give us time to make a meal and invite anyone we choose, all our family members, all our friends if we choose to, or we can have a small setting. This time of year, people would like to have money so that they can pay for what they would like to have, what they need, what they want. December rolled on in before the 25th, well, before uh Right after the day of Thanksgiving, sometimes Thanksgiving evening, people go shopping. <laughs> and now that it's online, people can shop before, after, you know, coming into the month of December, they shopping, shopping, shopping. Because I want to buy Brad something. I want to buy Cheryl something. I want to get my mom something nice, you know. I want to get my, this person something nice. I've seen husband and wives buy each other things that they could not afford all year. And he went a little bit over for his wife's sake to make her really happy because she was willing to wait all year. And so he felt like, well, she waited all year. We couldn't get it, but now that I can get it, you know, instead of getting her two carat, I'm going to go ahead and get her four carat diamond ring. How about that? Because he loved her and he wants her to be happy. And then when he looked at her finger, he said, I did that for her, and she loved it. So, again, where could I go but to the Lord for these things that I want, for these things that I need? Or we can save and become debt-free, but there are some things that money won't buy. And no, no matter what we can do, we should yet go to the Lord concerning everything. Because without him, we can't do nothing. It's him that give you the mind to save. It's him that give you the mind to budget properly. Yeah. And Lord, now I want a big item, as they say. I want a big ticket item. I'm waiting on a microwave from the insurance company. We got to uh, find the right one in the right size. And sometimes things are tricky with the insurance company, so you have to be very careful. Because they are always trying to squirm their way out of pain for what they should. So you have to be very careful, but it's coming. And uh, my friend came and he bought a microwave temporarily that I could use. And when I'm done, either I can save it or I can donate it somewhere. But God is always faithful and he always makes ways 
we say out of no way because he is the way. Yeah, the earth is his, the fullness thereof. Yeah. And I, I, I think on that sometime and I think about this. I know him. I know the one who owned the world. I, I know the one who made the heavens and the earth. Think about that for a minute. You know him personally. <laughs> you know, they get hyped up on celebrities. Oh, I just met Jamie Foxx. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. Yeah, we get hyped up, you know, on meeting celebrities, many people. I used to do it, too, when I was in the world. Yeah. Now, I get hyped up thinking about, I know him who holds my future. I know him personally who woke me up this morning, closed in my right mind. It's him that blessed me with the use and activities of my limbs my life, my health, my strength. I know him personally. I can talk to him anytime, at anywhere, in any place. I think on these things. I I, I think on him because he rests in heaven. His place is heaven. A place that's clean, holy. There's no other place like it. No way. Because it basically, if you go to every home and it's built correctly and completely, every home will have a bathroom. Every home will have sinks. Every home will have a kitchen, some bedrooms or a bedroom. Heaven is much different than that. I, I just believe there are mansions inside of mansions. I, 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 I just... I just know it's it's unusual. It's unique. It's better than any place I could have ever been. And I've been to some wonderful places. Yeah. I've gotten a chance to spend the night at some wonderful homes. Stayed at some wonderful hotels. But guess what? There's no place like heaven. And I know him that own it. I know him that lives there. I know him that's bigger than anything we could ever imagine. As large as the world is, he's bigger than the world because he made it. Again, the earth is his, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Almighty God. I think on him, he's got all power. So where should I go but to him? Where could I go but to him? Because there's not many places I can go and tell people about all of these things that's going on with me, and they care. You know, sometimes people cry with you for a moment, but that's it. Sometimes people say, oh, you know, I'm so sorry you're going through. Let's pray about it. And after they pray, don't call them no more now. Or after they tell you something about it, don't don't, don't say nothing else to them about it. Find you somebody else. So where could I go but to the Lord? I found a refuge for my soul. I need a friend that's going to go with me to the end. I can depend on him to be there. I can depend on him never to leave me nor forsake me in the midnight hour. 
I can depend on him. Even when I'm sleeping and slumbering, I can depend on him. Hallelujah. He's that kind of God, and he's on our side in spite of us. I love him because look at this. He looks beyond fault and yet meet needs. He don't hold the fault against us. He know all about us. He know in sin my mother conceived me. He know the very intent of my heart. He know the things that I'm thinking in my mind, good or bad, he know. So he's all we as a people need. Well, I'm going to say this. He's more than we need, more than. If we can have the patience for him, if we could taste and see that he is good, if we can get in his word and remember what his word says concerning us, concerning his will and his way, things we need to do so that he's pleased and things we need to do so that he can accept what's being done. That's what we need today. Yeah. And look, because we do what pleasing and the things that he can accept, there's nothing he won't withhold from us. No good thing. Yeah. I'm thankful unto him this morning. So where could we go but to the Lord? The world don't love us. Sometimes family members don't love us. We think they do. And then sometimes we get to see the truth. There's no love. I may like you as long as you can give me what I'm asking for, but after that, no, I, don't, I don't care nothing about you. Sometimes we're in marriages where the person don't really love us. They love what we can do for them. That's the man or the woman, vice versa, you know. But I thank God for being God. And I thank him that he loves us unconditional. There's no great purpose or reason other than he made us for his pleasure. He loved what he made. Woo! And he made us good. <laughs> Some people doing all this different stuff to themselves. They dress in all kind of different ways to be impressive. But he made each one of us special. There's no one else like me. They may look like me. I have a daughter that looks like me, that baby girl. She said, ooh, ooh. That thing, no, she looks like her mama. <laughs> but guess what? That's not me, and I'm not her. So today we can go to God for anything we need. And if we've gone to him before and he has truly blessed us, we need to talk about it. We need to tell somebody. We need to tell the world what he has done for us. You don't have to get dark and deep. You know, you don't have to go in there and say, well, look here, uh, God delivered me from being a prostitute. You don't have to tell that part. You can tell the part that he saved you. You, you. you felt like you was doing things on your own, but you found out every day you woke up, it was him blessing you. He took care of you until you fully come to him, until, well, until you fully come into the knowledge of him. Thank you, Jesus, Brother Louis. Hallelujah. His eye is better today. Patience. Time. 
Somebody said, time heal all wounds. But I know this God is faithful. Yeah, I hear people all the time, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. God is faithful <laughs> all the time. And he is for us. And his word says, if he be for us, he is more than the whole world against us. I'm so grateful unto him that he's on Barbara's side in spite of Barbara. Hallelujah. Looking beyond the foolishness, yet meet my knees, yet got the roof over my head, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, food on my table. I'm trying to decide now how to eat healthier even the more. I need a salad and some soup and lots of vegetables now. Yeah, all that other stuff, I done had it. Yeah. If, if things are looking the way I think they're going to look today, I want fresh fish. Yeah, fresh fish. And it will be all right. Y'all know I can't exclude food. But listen, I'm going to one more song of the morning. And when we come back, uh, we're coming back to talk a little bit more about the goodness of the Lord. And listen, if you have a testimony this morning, I'm going to recommend you get in early and share with us if you can. Because I'm praying and hoping that uh, others will come and testify of the goodness of the Lord. Even strangers, people we never heard of before, will come in today and uh, talk about the goodness of the Lord. Talk of his wondrous works, making known his deeds among us, the people. Yeah. Because the more we hear about what he's done, it increases our faith. We heard faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. But faith increases by hearing, even in the natural, hearing things, you know, that will encourage us, inspire us. Somebody heard somebody got their pilot license. And they say, you know, I've been wanting to fly a plane, but I just never made the step. But look over there. She got her pilot license. He got his. I'm going to try the pilot class. How do I sign up for the pilot class and, and, and take the test? And I think I can pack inspiration. Somebody said something. Somebody did something. And, and the fastest way that I know word travel is by mouth. Yeah. That is the fastest way of communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how you, things get popular, places, a business get popular, restaurants get popular. So, I, oh, I went over there, and girl, I tasted clam chowder. It was so good. I don't eat it, but somebody told me it was just excellent over there. I ended up telling somebody that I know love clam chowder. Her and all her friends went over there for lunch for clam chowder. Then they go back and they tell their family members, and it grows. Jesus in the morning has Somebody told somebody, and somebody told somebody else, and people started coming. Yeah. So I want to tell somebody about God, and they believe, and they come to him as I lift him up. And then they go, and they tell somebody else, and they tell that person. Yeah, and it grows. Hallelujah. Harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, Lewis, now you, you're wrong for that. Now, he's talking about the fastest way, in other words, of communication is telegraph 
telegram, telephone, and tell a woman how he need a spanking right there. But that could be very true, Brother Louis, because we do talk and we do share a lot. And many times if women find something that's good, they tell other women, girl, have you tried this? Yeah, we do that. And I think it's a good thing. And then some people, if they find something good, they don't want to tell nobody else. Like, I'm going to keep this all to myself. Doing that, the place to go out of business, because if you're their only customer, you're not going to shop enough over there to keep it open. So I recommend you tell other people so that they can shop and keep it open. And when you go back to shop again, it's still there. Yeah. And so it's all right today in Jesus' name. I'm going to this first request. And uh, when we come back, we'll come back sharing a little bit more. And uh, today we're going to have Banner to come and uh, give you her testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Pastor Pinkman. This morning, you fight on. I love every instrument they're playing in this particular song. Usually, I'm an organ, and I love the guitar. But in this song, I love the drums and every instrument, again, that they are playing. And I love the words to the song as well, because we do. We have to fight on. Yeah, we have to keep the sword, the word of God in our hand, and keep fighting. Yeah, because many things are coming our way. Yeah, as believers, many things are coming our way, and we have to fight our way back, yeah, to the place where we're comfortable, to the place where we feel at ease. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But again, today is Testify Friday, and we want to talk about the goodness of the Lord and the things that he has done in our lives, great and mighty things. And, you know, I just believe it's, it's just could be my imagination now. But I just believe if more uh, believers talk about God more and the things he has done for us more, I, I, I think it'll help. I really do. It'll help the world. It'll help many in the world to come out because they're getting to see, well, wow, I'm working two jobs. Some people, I'm working three jobs. You know, and I, I I still can't get a house. I still can't get a car. I, I, I'm I'm just the more I pay bills, the, the more I owe bills. Yeah. But I just believe if we talk of His wonders works and let them know, look here, especially those that He has done these things for. You know, let them know, look, He is. <laughs> he is a debt making free God. He can make you debt free. Yeah. He is a God that can send your child to college and you don't have a college fund set aside. He is the God that can give you back all that you feel, feel that you lost and more. Because many times we've been in the wrong place with the wrong people and we've been given to them because we feel sorry for them. We we feel bad for them. They can't do what I can do and, and they just keep pressuring me to do this. And when I know anything, I'm I'm in debt. They're enjoying the fruit of my debtness. And I yet can't go to them and get five cents for nothing. I can't go and get four quarters to put in the meter to park. Yeah, because they don't really love me. They love what I can do for them. But this God that I'm talking about this morning, he loves us in spite of. He loves us beyond what we could ever imagine. We, we can't imagine that kind of love because he's the only one that gives it. And unless we have him, we won't know it. Yeah, it's sad that it's like that. And it's sad today that God made the man the head, but I don't know what happened to him. He would not grow himself in the word of God. He would not grow himself in prayer. He grew himself in the things of the world and what other men told him. He didn't seek God for himself. So he fell behind. The family still have to eat. The bills still have to be paid. So the woman said, well, I got to go to work. I got to do something. My children will be hungry if not. 
and you have all kind of things going on. And for a long time, women was crying and clawing and scratching to get this and to have that. And here come this group. Open doors. And many things was lost. Because women was just tired of suffering. I got a husband and he's no help. He's depressed over what people said. He's depressed over what he see. He's depressed because what he tried to do, he didn't get to do it. Never prayed. Never began to seek God. There's some couples that began to seek God together. And they, you know, the wife, what the husband was going through, he said, don't you work. I don't want you leaving the children. Because if the children leave, they, their minds are going to be messed up. We just keep praying God here in his perfect time, and he's going to open a door. So sometimes all they had was meat and bread. Sometimes all they had was bread and water, but they never went hungry. Sometimes they had to walk for miles and miles to get somewhere and to get back, but they did what they had to do. Sometimes they had to work for people who wasn't easy to work for. Many different things, but... If we consider God in everything, I've learned this. Let me tell you something. If you put him first in everything, you are going to be some kind of blessed. You heard him talk about he'll open up the windows of heaven and, and give you so much you don't even have a room to receive it. You got to give some away. I'm a living witness. I'd clean that closet out right now. I told a girl yesterday, yeah, come on and get some of these shoes. God is good. God is faithful. He's on our side, but he needs us to be on his side. Yeah, he needs us to shake ourselves and not need so much entertainment, not need so much attention. Take that time and spend it with him. Yeah. I, I wanted to go uh, to see some friends in St. Croix for Christmas, but it may be next year. And it may not be for Christmas, but it may be earlier than that. They're uh, doing some work on their home and thing over there, remodeling and stuff like that. So it won't be ready about Christmas. But I said when I go, I want to go from house to house praying and, you know, blessing people, take all and thing and, and then I want to steal away some time to myself on the water and just sit and talk to the Lord, read his word a while, talk to the Lord. Yeah, that kind of thing. But right here at home, I can do it. Because most times I'm here by myself. All I got to do is just steal away right here to me. huh? Right here in my closet. Talk to him more. And daily, we need to talk to him more. And daily, we need to apply his word to our life daily more. Can't get enough of the word. Can't get enough of applying it. Because the more you apply his word, have the patience to wait on him and trust him. Let me tell you something. You're going to learn some things that you had no clue was there. You, you you didn't even remember this. You you didn't even know this. And you've been walking with the Lord for some years. I'm telling you. 
and we're going back to talk about him more. Because the more you talk about him to others, the more it will encourage you. Each morning when I come and I, I do words of encouragement, it encourages me. It reminds me that he is. Hallelujah. He's my everything. He is all I need. He is more than I need. He is what I need. Hallelujah. Almighty God that have all power. There's no higher power. The God that's on our side. The God that said, cast your cares upon me, for I care it for you. When I hear that, I see the color pink. And it's like a pink pillar, and I can just lay my head on that pillar. And it just represents to me caring. He cares for me. He cares about me. Whatever concerns me, even the smallest thing, it concerns him. Even the biggest thing, it concerns him. Because he know I can't do it. Only he can. Yeah. And so if I have the patience to wait on him, if I'm willing to bless others, be a blessing unto them as he used me. If I'm a cheerful giver, a cheerful giver, when I give, I'm happy to do it. He's going to bless me. A lot of people don't understand. But why is he doing? Yeah, I'm doing all of that because he is. (laughs) He is about to bless me with uncommon blessings. He is about to give me uncommon miracles. That's why. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's that kind of God today. He's on our side. It's Friday and uh, it's still cloudy here. I don't think we're having as much wind and rain as we did yesterday. And it sounded a little bit calmer. And I've been up a while, got up around one-ish. And uh, stayed up to about five. And then I laid down again. And then I heard the alarm clock go off around six. Oh, yeah, you got to get up now. But everything was basically in place. I just had to turn everything on today. And so I thank God for his leadership. Thank God for his guidance this morning. And I want to encourage us all that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He will reward you if you seek him all the time on everything. Yeah. I'm thankful, 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 thankful. Hallelujah. Grateful, grateful, grateful unto him. And I appreciate him today. Hallelujah. There's none like him. We can search all over. We won't find nobody like him. Nobody greater. Yeah, nobody greater than Almighty God. So I wanted to share that a little bit this morning. And uh, I want us to go back, if, if you don't mind, I want us to go back to that 23rd Psalm. And there's a reason for this this morning. We're going back to that 23rd Psalm, and we don't want to just quote it and say it and know it, but we want to believe it. We want to believe it and remember it. And the reason we're remembering it because now we're getting to know it. Yeah. 
It's not in what we feel, because, see, we're always waiting to feel something. But, no, it's in knowing. See, I don't have to keep looking at my hand to make sure I got a hand, a left hand, let's say. I know the hand is there. And not necessarily because I'm feeling with it, but when I'm not moving it, when the hand is just resting, I know the hand is there. So it's the same thing with God. We just got to know that he is always there. It's not in, I feel his spirit. Now, I just know. Hallelujah. In Psalms 23 and verse 1, it says, a Psalm of David. It says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. We want to know this. We want to rest in this. Because some people have really cried. I can't ever get in a decent place to live. I, I can't ever get nothing decent to drive. I can't, I can't get my husband to go to church. I can't get, and I, I, but he started going now because I, I offered him something. You know, I bought him a new suit and cufflinks and matching shoes. And so he willing to go so he can show off the clothes, but he's just not seeking God like he should. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I'm going to keep these things before God. I'm going to keep my husband on the altar. Men, I'm going to keep my wife on the altar. Because when we got married, neither of us were saved. And since the marriage, one of us got saved. And the other one is not ready to come in yet. And when you got that like that, now you become unequally yoked, believe it or not, and it is not easy. You think one way, he think another one. She think one way, he think another way. How can two walk together except they agree? It will always be chaos. And you have the right to stay with them. God said you can stay with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the trial is a great trial, but you, you keep at it. God will deliver. God will bring them out. A lot of women, I, I, I taught this. Uh, you can't let them see you saying and doing all kind of stuff. Man. Y'all made an agreement, and I always talk about this because I see this a lot in counseling. Y'all agreed uh, not to spend money for three months. You're budgeting. And you're saving money for a big ticket item, let's call it. And she done went shopping and hid the clothes in the trunk of the car. Don't do that. Whether he find out or don't find out, don't do that. Because God see it. We're we looking for him to draw the husband, the unsaved husband or wife to him. So we got to walk up right before God. 
and be godly ourselves. Because if we're doing that kind of stuff, then we, he and I need to come back to the Lord together. We both need to come to God. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing wrong. And it's not a shortcoming, it's a sin. Because we agreed not to purchase anything. And men know that women love shopping. We love that. That's just the one one thing. It's just in us. We love fixing up the home, changing uh, uh, linen. We, we like all of this. A few months back, I bought a whole comforter set. Never put it on the bed yet. I bought it for my bed. I never put it on there. But we like shopping. Yeah, Some women love clothes. And shoes. I love clothes, but I love shoes more. So there are a lot of things. Then we got to watch how we carry ourselves on the job. Don't get caught up in the gossip. Don't get caught up into being a part of a clique on the, on the job. And they say, oh, look at Sarah. She don't work like we work. So y'all exclude Sarah from the clique. But you want God to save your husband. Got to get right with him 100%. Live right. Do that which you know is right. Praying for your spouse to come to the Lord. God will bring him. Keep lifting him up. He will draw your spouse. Yeah. I can remember this sister in Alaska. She was a minister. And her husband became a minister. But she said before that, she got saved and he wasn't saved. <laughs> she said, and on Sunday morning, sometimes she used to dread getting up. She said, because she would get up early to make breakfast. And when she get ready to get up, where you going? Said, I'm, she said, I'm going to make breakfast. I don't want no breakfast. She said, well, by the time I complete breakfast, you're going to want it, and if you don't want it then a little late in the morning, you're going to want it. Well, get, make it then. She said, no, I can't make it then. I won't be here. Why? I'm going to church. You don't have to go. See, I'm sick of this. I need you here with me. You over there with the church people and, and, and giving the pastor what he wants, and you're not giving me what I want. I want you here. She said, I can't stay. I got to go. So I'm getting up and doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm making you breakfast. And why don't you come and go to church with me? You know I'm not going to church. I'm not fooling with them hypocrites over there. I don't have nothing for hypocrites. And you need to stop going over there because I think you're giving my money to them hypocrites. She said, oh, she would go through it. She said, but she would get up, shower, make breakfast. Uh, after breakfast, then she would go in. And get dressed. She said she set everything out in order. She would fix the plate even sometimes. She said she would fix the, the bread by the toast. All they had to do was put it in the toast and push the button. <laughs> she said everything she could think of to make it as convenient and easy for him as she possibly could. This is what she would do. And she said that he was still complaining. And she said, why? She kept going to church. On Wednesday night, she was there. Sunday morning, Sunday school, she was there. You know, Sunday worship service, she was there. When the church had a meeting, she was there. She started serving on a ministry in the church. 
Oh, boy, she said he really was giving it to her then. She said, but she kept going. So uh, one Sunday, well, he had heard about this preacher was coming. And everybody was talking about the preaching, you know, how well he could preach and this and that. And Sister So-and-so, oh, yeah, he always have you to introduce him. So when the husband heard that, that Sunday, I, I guess he said in his mind, hold up. And it was football season. She said, he said, no, nah, I won't be able to watch that game today. So he said, Saturday night, what time are you going to church tomorrow? Because she said she usually lay out food, you know, for the game. And in case some of his friends come by, you know, it would be enough to serve them too. So she said, the regular time I've been going, I'm going to church tomorrow. And so she said, okay. At the time, she hadn't thought about it, you know, because the preacher always have her to introduce him. She said, okay, then, that, you know, I'm happy that you're going. And she said she got his clothes ready and everything, made sure, you know, everything was what he needed. And they went on to church. She said, and when they had altar calls, she said when she looked at him, uh, when they first started to do altar call, she said she could see it on him. While the preacher was up preaching, she said she, she could see he was a little restless. But she said when they announced altar call, she could see it all over if he was coming to the altar. She said and when he started towards the altar, she came down out the pulpit and started towards him. He grabbed her hand and she said she walked up to the altar with him. And they both got on their knees at the altar. And he got up from the altar uh, saved. And after that, she said every time the church door was open, he was there because he was learning. And he was faithful at that Bible study. She said he would go to Bible study early, uh, make sure the pews had Bibles and, you know, the roster was set up for the Bible school teacher. I mean, yeah, Bible study teacher and all of that. And they both became, well, she was already a minister, and then he became a minister. Yeah, you see? But she had to live something before him, and she had to stand her ground. No matter how much beef he gave about going to church, no matter how much beef he gave about spending time in the Word and praying, but she said she always did what she knew she was supposed to do for him so he couldn't complain. And she said sometimes... On a Thursday, she would set up them a trip to go for the weekend. And that weekend, she didn't go to church, so she spent the whole weekend with him to show him, I want to spend time with you. I'm supposed to spend time with you. And both of us worked through the week. You know what I'm saying? So she said she did all she could and stayed faithful to the Lord, and God saved her husband and called him to ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we have to do. Now, me, I, I don't think I'm that kind of girl. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, because you're giving me all that beef. Hey, hey look here, I, I don't have I don't have time for it. <laughs> I'm busy. And if you don't want God through me, uh, I'm going to have to let you go. And I'm sure I keep praying for you. You'll find God through somebody. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I, I'm just not that kind of girl. They just keep fighting with you. To save your soul. Yeah. I keep lifting them up, lifting God up and praying for you. Yeah. But I, I don't think I would stay because I don't want to cause myself the error. You know yourself better than anybody else. And somebody said, well, you're telling me to have patience. Why don't you have patience? I do. 
I did. It's just sometimes they're not coming. Hallelujah. And it's already all right today in Jesus' name. So, look, we're going to one more song of the morning, and when we come back, we're coming back with uh, Vanna Marsha. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. I hope so, at least anyway. Let's take a listen to this one.
would like to sing a song to you today, and then I'm going to share a little story. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Above his name, there is no other name. The one who is eternally the same. There is no other name. The first, the last, he's the beginning and the end. He is the king who made the common man his friend. There is no other name. Won't you sing it with me? Let every tongue proclaim. The reason I'm excited and I hope we'll always be excited about our Messiah is because I didn't come from a Pentecostal family. Maybe some of you are second or third generation. Maybe most of you are first. But I came from a very religious Hindu family. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, both on my maternal and paternal side, were Hindu chief priests. My great-grandfather and grandfather were chief priests of some of the largest temples where I was born in Malaysia. Of the Indian descent, the Hindu religion, it is unthinkable if you are a daughter or granddaughter or great... If you have a lineage from centuries old of being in the priesthood of the Hindu religion, there is no way you can step into another religious system and... Let it be accepted. I was not allowed to worship any other way but through the Hindu system. I was hungry. I remember as a teenager, you know, if you're a girl child, if you're a, if you're a female in the, in that, in the uh, Brahmin family, you are not allowed to read the books. You're not allowed to read the sacred Hindu books, sacred to them. But I was so hungry even then. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That you want some answers and you're desperate and you don't know which way. But you want the answers and you will do anything to get it. Well, see, when I was a child, uh, I was, uh, in fact, a teenager, I would sneak into my grandfather. This is a mighty confession to you this morning, CCC. I would sneak into my grandfather's library and steal the sacred books to read it. Thank God there were English translations. 
and I would read it looking for an answer, looking for God. I would, and then I'd be caught and I'd be punished. My grandfather was a slightly modern thinking man, not really, but he kind of loved me. I think that was the, as modern as he got. He loved me enough to say, don't do it again because this time they will really beat you up. But he knew I was hungry. So he knew many times I snuck in and took those books and he'd close one eye. He would say, you don't you see, you're a girl. You cannot read these holy books were only for guys. Ladies, don't be mad at him. He lived in an era where he really believed what he believed. So did I. But I knew that there was something more. That it cannot be 3.3 million gods in the religion. I don't know how they, Hinduism has 3.3 million gods. Maybe they made them up as they go along. But the thing is that I, I, I knew that there was one. And that one knew me. I just didn't know how to prove it. So I thought, if I kept reading, and if I kept looking, and I kept asking, I said, Grandfather, why is it that in your prayers, you keep talking about the one God that will come to earth in the form of flesh and die on a tree? You're Hindu. Why are you talking? Who is this one God? And he would shush me up. He would say, don't ask so many questions. So you see, this hunger just only grew. The more it was tried to be suppressed, the more I wanted to find out. And so I thought, you know what? I will just let this go for a while. I'll keep stealing. I'll keep sneaking in. I'll keep asking questions. Nobody seemed to know the answer. Somehow I suspected my grandfather did, but didn't want to talk about it. And so I grew up. A debilitating sickness took over my body. I'm not even sure what age it was, but it was gradual. I became very sick in my body. I graduated college and, and, and I, I, I started to work, but this sickness was so bad that I would just collapse for no reason. You see, since I was a baby, my, my parents, good people, they gave me everything I needed, but they were religious. And they dedicated me to these gods of Hinduism. So as a young child, I was controlled by forces that I had no control over. And so all I could think of is I needed to be healed, but I didn't know how. So I went to temples. I was, there was a time, I think I was 18 and my father, no, maybe 17. My father took me to India to a temple. And it was, it was a tall temple, Bishop. And it, it, it had a spiral staircase and it, it seemed to go on forever. And I thought if I climbed that staircase, maybe I'd meet God on top. So my parents were in the foyer of this beautiful, ornate, traditional looking temple with carvings all over. And I took off running. I could then. And I took off running on these steps to arrive at the top. And, and I was, I, I just saw this huge area. It, was, it, it had an outer court and then it had an inner place with, with a, a water and, 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 a, and a candlestick. Yes, yes. Outer court, inner court, and then there was a big heavy veil. See, the enemy knows a good thing. He'd counterfeit it. He'd count, he copies anything. So I, I, I look at the veil and I thought, that's where God must be. He's hiding from me. Well, the priest wasn't around. See, I knew the rules. 
when the priest was not around, you can possibly do some things. Sort of get away with it. The priest was around. I just didn't see him. He probably was inside somewhere. So I opened this heavy rail aside. It was heavy. I had to push with it. And then I went in and there was this, this I don't know how many feet, this huge idol. Many eyes. Four or five heads. Many arms. And it looked imposing and intimidating. And I thought, that's it. Surely God can heal me. Surely this thing here would heal me. I grabbed a hold of it and started begging this God to heal my body. And I don't know where the priest came from. I knew he was around, probably hiding or whatever. And he suddenly came at me with his hands and his fist raised. And he said, how dare you defile this sacred place. Now you've touched this idol. How dare you defile it? Of course I defiled it. I couldn't even read the books, much less touch this God. Yes, I defiled it to him. I took off running downstairs like the demons were after me. Because I thought he was going to beat me or hit me, do something. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he shouted after me and said, you are a sinner. You will never be able to touch God. There will always be a wall between you and God. That Those words never left me. I said, well, I'm sunk for now. That's it. Do you know who you worship, CCC? Do you know this morning... That no matter who you are, where you've come from, what you've done yesterday, last night, or last year, you have access. You have access. It doesn't matter. Yes, we sinners have an access. That veil was torn into two. And we are worshiping a touchable God. We can touch Him. He can touch us. We can enter the throne of grace boldly, he said, in the time of need through the blood. But I didn't know that then. See, I could only hear the voice of this Hindu priest telling me, you're a sinner, you cannot touch God. You defile this place. So I ran. I ran all the way down those prior spiral steps. Met my parents in the foyer. And they said, what happened to you? I said, nothing. Let's just go back to the hotel. Went back to the hotel and then flew back home the next day. My pilgrimage to search for God was over for now. My sickness was still in my body. And then I remembered. I remembered that many years ago, people would come to my door and give me a tract. Jesus saves. Well, who's that? I didn't know who Jesus was. And I certainly wasn't interested in another God. I had many already. Thank you. 3.3 million plus Jesus? No thanks. And they're like, Jesus saves. And I'm like, well, thank you very much, but I've got my own religion. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, you do. And so... 
when the pain ravaged and it became so bad that me passing out and collapsing, the doctors thought they had a tumor in my brain. They just, some of them, and then they did CAT scans. They did all kinds of scans and, and testing. They couldn't find out why that this pain was just growing and debilitating and there was no cure. That all they did was they gave me a bottle of painkillers. You know, if you take four a day, you might be able to manage it. I didn't want to manage it. I wanted to cure it. And so I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe if I took the whole bottle, I'll manage it real good. I'd die and then, you know, no, no life, no pain. You know, when you're desperate, you think thoughts like that. When you're desperate and there's no answer and hope is just a dream or, or talk, you think things like that. So I was desperate. So probably on the last day of my life on this planet, or at least according to my plans, I was sitting in my room. It was late, probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I had not taken any medication. I was just in so much pain. And then I remembered a tract. Jesus saves. I also remembered a Christmas card that I once received. I don't know why, who would even send me a Christmas card. We didn't celebrate Christmas. But in that, again, it says, Jesus, Savior. I'm like, you know what? What have I got to lose? What have I got to lose? Nobody would know. They're not going to find out. I'll call him. See if he hears me. See if he even knows me. After all, the priest said that I could never go through the veil. That I didn't have access. So he probably, nothing is going to happen in this empty room. The lights were switched off. It was time to go to bed. But I sat up, shaking in pain. And I cried out, Jesus! Nothing happened at first. I said, I'm a, I'm Hindu. I worship many gods. You know, just in case he didn't know. I was introducing myself to him. You know how it is. I didn't know he knew all things. I didn't know he enabled me to be conceived. That he knew me. Even when, when I was in my mother's womb, I didn't know any of it. I didn't know him. You do. You don't have an excuse. Don't even try to look for one anymore. You do. And so I tried again. Jesus. And in that darkened room. See that room. There, there wasn't street lights outside. It was built in such a way that there was, it, there was a street out there but no street lights. And, and so there was this light. It could not have come from a street light because there were no street lights outside that house that we lived in, in Malaysia. And the light just penetrated the room. I never saw a face, but there was a form that filled the entire room. A light and a voice. The first and only time that I've ever heard him audibly. Nowadays, it's in my spirit and I thank God for that voice. But that day, when I cried out to him and told him I need healing in my body, that voice rang out in my room. I am Jesus. I am God. And he, the pain in my body that I had for many years that I'd become accustomed to was healed. In an instant, the pain was gone. Oh, come on, CCC, get excited. Get excited with me for yourselves, for me. 
for those that need him, for those that need the Messiah. Can we shout to God? Shout to God. Oh, the pain left. The pain disappeared. The problems just started. My parents were still upstairs in the room. The next day was a Friday. Just any old day for you and I these days, but Friday for the Hindu is prayer day. So early the next morning, my mother knocks on my door. I'm still basking in this Jesus deal that I have no clue what just happened happened the night before. All I know is that I couldn't go back. He'd come to my life now. My pain was gone. I was a testimony. He had healed my pain. So what do I do? What do you do when you're faced with truth and then the other side of your life? What do you do? My mother knocked on the door and I was still just so excited that Jesus had healed me. I opened the door. I'd forgotten it was Friday and a Hindu. I mean, who? I don't think I was Hindu after that. I knocked on the door. I mean, she knocked on the door, opened it. I said, yes, mom. She said, what do you mean, yes, mom? Why aren't you dressed? I'm like, for what? She looked at me like I lost my mind. She said, we're going to the temple. We're going to the temple. We're going to the temple to do prayers. You know, get dressed. And I grabbed her hand. I said, Mom, I can't go. She said, why not? You sick? Boy, that day I wish I had the flu or something. Something to blame on. Yes, I'm sick. Leave me alone. I couldn't. I couldn't lie. don't know why. I looked at her and I said, I can't go to the temple, Mom, because... Mom, I, 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 I saw Jesus. And my mom really then looked at me like I'd lost my mind. He looked, she looked at me and she said, I don't know what you're talking about. Get dressed, get in the car. My mother was, a, was the granddaughter and great-granddaughter of chief priests. My dad came down and said, Why aren't you ready? I said, I'm not going to the temple. I'm sorry. Forgive me, but I cannot go to the temple. So they left me alone. They just thought probably I was having one of those spells. I don't know what they thought, but they just, they just thought that, you know, because I was sick for a long, long time. They knew about my physical pain and physical sickness. And so they let it be and they went. My mother said, when I come back, we will talk. All I knew was to get a hold of that name, that name that you know. That no matter how hard it gets, you can get a hold of that name. And I got a hold of that name and I said, Jesus, help me. I don't know what to say or what to do when they come back from the temple. They came back. My mother didn't come back alone. She came back with another priest. They were going to exorcise me probably. And so they came back with another priest. And my mom and my dad and this priest, they were just... They were just talking to me and talking to me. And then somebody else drove up and there was another priest. Said Some of these priests were my relatives. They were my uncles and cousins, but they were priests. 
They didn't talk to me as an uncle or a cousin. They talked to me as priests. They kept circling around me and talking to me and telling me that Jesus is false. That I had somehow been brainwashed by Christian friends. Yeah, I guess I was brainwashed. But it was not by a Christian friend. It was by a friend. One friend. Only friend I need, actually. And so I, I just told them, I said, I, said I, I didn't say a lot because they were adults and I was a young girl and they were uh, fierce and intimidating and they were very angry. And my father was standing in the corner crying because he was very close to me. My dad was my best friend. And I thought he would understand. I said, Dad, I have to follow Jesus. He was the only one I trusted I could say this. And he just shook his head in disappointment. That hurt me more than anything else. These priests didn't hurt me. My father's disappointment hurt me. He just shook his head and was disappointed. He said, why? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care whether I ever know. I know I must. And so they surrounded me and and they were just mocking Jesus. And they were saying, this is all false. And he doesn't love you and you don't know. And you're going to lose every inheritance. You're going to lose your lineage. You're going to lose the priesthood lineage. Do you know even who you are? Do you know who your great-grandparents are? Do you know what your history? You know what I'm talking about. Persecution doesn't just come by chopping off our heads. Persecution can come by family and friends and girlfriends and boyfriends just wanting not to have anything to do with you anymore if you just prayed nowadays it's not if you believe in Jesus I chop your head off nowadays if you believe in Jesus I might you might lose your job and so it's it's they, they were just unrelentingly trying to surround me and forcing me to do whatever and pushing me telling me to recant telling me to just come away from that belief to say that Jesus did not exist I would not all I did was inwardly was clench my fist and all I said was Jesus 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 sometimes if you don't know the words that's all you need because the spirit is in that name the blood is in that name all of his promises are in that name Jesus 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 you don't have to be eloquent to get his attention you've just got to be desperate to get his attention you've just got to be in need to get his attention because he is magnetized he's attracted to need he's attracted to desperation he's making sense to anybody and so I stood there and they were mocking me and all of a sudden one of my cousins one of the priests turned around and told my mom and dad we cannot help her Whatever that's got a hold of her is more powerful than anything we can say. And I tell you, that that gave me so much hope that they felt him too. They rejected him, but they couldn't help but acknowledge his power and his presence. There is no other name. Can you shout that name out right now? There is no other name. One more time. Jesus. Can you shout the name into your problem right now? Jesus. Jesus. 
the first, the last He's the beginning and the end He is the king who made The common man his friend There is no other name The first, the last Beginning and The king who made the common man his friend. There is no the name. Let every tongue proclaim and sing, sing it with me. The Christian friends. So I was like, where are you going to drop me? He said, somewhere. You know, I mean, we, you can't live here anymore. You can't live with us. I moved out. You know, the good thing is when you're among believers like you, you make room for those that are thrown out. I know you do. I know you. You may just have met me today, but I know you. And so I lived with, we lived with Christian, a Christian family. We moved away and they took us in and, and, and took care of us. We used to visit them and we used to just, it was wonderful. They loved me. And that support was needed. Because I could not go back to my parents' house anymore. I would call birthdays, Mother's Day, and she would just hang up. She's a good lady, you know. My mother is not a mean person at all. She just felt betrayed. She didn't know how to handle me or handle it. And so I would just keep getting rejected. You know, every phone call would just be, she'd just hang up as soon as she heard my voice. And so one year had passed. I'd gone for Bible studies. I was baptized in Jesus' name. I received the Holy Ghost. I was rabied about other people getting to know him. That's all my focus was. That's all my focus is. And one year had gone by. Never heard from them. My dad calls me. He calls me. He says, hello. I said, dad. He said, look, your mother doesn't know I'm calling you. I said, okay. I thought something bad had happened. He said, he was a very successful businessman. He said, there were some things in the business, some investments that could be lost. But I'm very worried about it. But for some reason, when I slept last night, I closed my eyes and you came to my mind. I said, me? He said, yes. We never even talk about you. 
But you came into my mind and I was compelled to call you. I don't even know why. And the Lord spoke to me and said, but you do. I said, Dad, I, I don't have the kind of answers that you need for your investment in your business. But I know one thing. I know that someone that could give you peace through it all. He may even be able to fix the issue. But most importantly, he will fix your heart. And my father said, oh, oh no, I'm not coming to your, your church. And I, No. I said, Dad, you don't have to come to church. Just come to meet me at the parking lot. You know how that is, right? We say stuff like that. Then they come to the parking lot. No sooner you know it, they're in the church. And he said, okay. So he met me at the parking lot outside our church. And he was there. And, and he wound down the window. And I said, Dad, it's really hot here. <laughs> Salami tactics. Step by step. Slice by slice. <laughs> he said, so what do you want me to do? I said, well, it's, it's a weekday, Dad. There's no church. There's no church in the middle of this Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening. Come upstairs. There's air. There's air conditioning in that room, in the church room. And at least we can sit and talk peacefully. And nobody will disturb us. But it's hot in the parking lot. He said, all right. So he walked up. And we went into the church. And there was air. Wasn't lying about that. What I didn't know was Tuesday night, and I really didn't know this church. Please don't look at me in a bad way, but I didn't know Tuesday night was prayer meeting night. I really did. I forgot, I guess. I should have known. So my dad walked in, and he heard sounds of people praying. There was not many people. There probably about 50-member church, and maybe about 10 or 15 people were praying, but one is good enough for God to move. One prayer person is good enough for God to do His thing. And so, Dad walked in to the, to the foyer and into the room, and he looked at everybody praying. They didn't mind him at all. They were just up in the front of the sanctuary like this, praying and just, just connecting to God. He sat right at the back. I sat with him. And as soon as he sat down, he started crying, and he's saying, What is that? I said, What's what? He said, what is that? I'm just, I don't know what I'm feeling in here. It's like so thick. It's, it's something. And, 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 and I can't stop crying. And one of the people, was a little old lady. She was, a, she was a prayer warrior. I'm always scared about Pentecostal little old ladies who are prayer warriors. They change things. She came around. She didn't touch my dad. She didn't even go very, very near him. She just came into our little space at the back. And she just asked me. I, she said, is it a friend, a relative? I said, it's my father. She said, oh, okay. And then she just said, tell him to just lift up his hand. I said, all right. I was a new convert, remember, one year. And then I, I, I looked at him and said, Dad, do you want to just sort of lift up your hand a little bit? And he just complied. My dad doesn't comply. My dad, just, my dad complied and he just went like that and he was crying. And then that little old lady at that time just came in front, still didn't touch him, just extended his hand towards him and began to just whisper in that heavenly language, the heavenly language that I was just listening, just learning to, to speak in and just had received the Holy Ghost. And she was speaking in that my father began to open his mouth and then he suddenly jackknifed and stood up with his hands and opened his mouth and she said, just say hallelujah. He only had half that hallelujah out of his mouth. God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Filled him with the Holy Ghost. 
He was shaking. He didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. Somebody ran upstairs to the second floor and got the pastor of the church. He ran down. He looked at him and he said, we need to baptize you. We need to put you in the water. Well, at that time, my dad was so dazed. He was so under the power of God, he would have done anything. He'd have walked on coals to whatever. But he said, I don't care. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care. And he looked at me. He said, is this what you've been doing all this while? He said, is this why you left everything and came to this Jesus? I said, yes. He said, I don't blame you. And so we took him and we put him in the water of baptism. And when he came out of the water, you see the Hindu people, they wear that red thread. It is a connection, a pledge, a vow they make to obey and worship the many gods. And my father had that red thread. God gave him the Holy Ghost despite anything. Because God is merciful and he's loving and he's kind. But when he came out of the water, my dad took the red thread and snapped it out of his wrist and said, I don't need that anymore. Come on, church. There is no other name. Can we just stand right now and lift up our hands? Why don't you go to him and say, God, give me that shot in the arm. Give me that extra hope, that extra faith. Because I believe God wants to fill you with the baptism of his spirit this morning. If you've never experienced what I've been talking about, then he's talking to you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. There is no other name but the name of Jesus. Above his name, there is, just worship him, no other name. The one who is eternally the same. There is no other name. worshiping God right now as I speak to you just keep worshiping God God is going to God is going to move in a mighty way he's going to heal 
How many of you here, you've come for specific healing? Specific healing, whether it's your body, lift up your hands. Sky high, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Specific healing, whether it's the mind, the heart, the finances, the family. And specific, I want to tell you that before he heals, he's going to fill. Because the greatest miracle of all was not that my sickness was healed. The greatest miracle is when he filled me with his baptism of the Holy Ghost. That was the greatest. All other miracles pale in comparison of God coming to live inside of us. I told my dad after he came out of the river and he snapped that red string. I told my dad, I said, Dad, I need one favor. He said, yes, I need a favor too. Don't tell your mother. I said, deal. My mom, she's a sweet lady, but I think she's intimidated everybody in the family. So my dad said, I said, Dad, this is your business between you and God, okay? I don't tell my mother anything. God will give you that timing where you can, you can reach her. But I need a favor from you. He said, what? I said, my, both my brothers, my, both my younger brothers, they were going to be ordained as Hindu priests in a matter of months or a year. I needed to get them out. I needed to reach them, Bishop. And so I said... Pastor Woodward, I said, two brothers. He said, what do you want me to do with them? I said, bring them to me. And you come with them. Let's talk to them about this. Dad, don't you think they need this? He said, yes. It would be good for them. They need to change. Those boys drive me crazy. I said, good. That's good motivation. Just bring them. And so he brought the two boys and they sat there. You see, I'm the oldest in the family. In our culture, if you're the oldest, you have clout. You are, you're like a second mom. You have clout. Let me tell you, CCC, you got clout, use it. If you've got clout and influence over your friends, your work people, your family members, use it. Use it unashamedly. Not obnoxiously, but unashamedly. And so I, I, I told my brothers, I said, I'm, I'm the big sister. And they were like, yes, ma'am. I said, God wants to save you and God wants to fill you. I was just a year old in the Lord. I, I didn't know the Bible. I didn't dare touch the Old Testament. I knew that Jesus loved me and loved them. And I was in Bible school at that time just learning about different things. I knew that Jesus was the one God. That he's our father. And I said, now boys, I know you believe in many gods. But this is it. I told my whole story of how he healed me. And then dad interjected and said, you need Jesus. They were like, yes, sir. They were not going anywhere. So they began to, we began to pray with them and, and, and I saw them and I began to talk to them. And the older of the two boys, they were both younger than me, but the older of the two boys, they, they came and it was a service in New Zealand. My husband and I were pastoring in New Zealand at that time. This was many years later. They came to a service. They already knew about Jesus. They knew what Jesus had done with me. The older of the two boys came to a church service. And Brother Marshall got a hold of him. And all he did was lift up his hands and begin to worship God. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he was baptized in Jesus' name. The younger of the two boys was filled with the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus. My, both my brothers and their wives were baptized and received the Holy Ghost. The only one holding out was Mom. She knew me. By knew she knew she knew I was a gone case. You know, there's no way to bring her back to Hinduism or whatever. But sooner or later, sooner God melted the ice in her heart against me. 
and she began to communicate with me and receive my phone calls and begin to talk to me. Today she's my best friend. I mean, she, she'll call me for everything, from, from arthritic pain to whatever. She will call me. And six months ago, seven months ago, I received a phone call from a cousin of mine. And she said, did you know that mom bought a bouquet of flowers and went to a local church in Malaysia? I said, what church? You mean temple? She said, no. No, Vani. It wasn't a temple. She went to a church. I, 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 wasn't I didn't ask her to go. I wasn't responsible for that. You see, there are some things that God knows that maybe it's beyond us, but He will do it all by Himself. Like the tide that comes in without my help and the wind and the breeze that moves trees without my help. Many things he wants us involved in the salvation of souls and the harvest. Yes, God wants us involved. But with my mother. So, so I called my mom. I said, Mom, Jenny said that you, you went to church with some flowers. Is that true? Was it a temple you went to? She said, well, I didn't want to tell you. She said, she said, you remember a few weeks ago when I called you and asked you to pray for severe pain on my legs, my knees? My mom is in her 70s, you know? And, and, and I said, yes. She said, you, you prayed. You know, you prayed to, you know, she always has a hard time saying his name. You know, Jesus. And I was like, yes. Well, that evening, the pain left. I said, yes. And then what? She said, well, I didn't know how to thank this Jesus. I didn't know what I could do for him. So I went out and got some flowers. I got some flowers. And I, I, I didn't know what church to go to. You know, there's so many in the yellow pages. So I just went to a random church that had a cross thought maybe he lived there maybe he would receive my flowers I said mom he loves your flowers he's received your flowers he thinks they're cool flowers and she said I just went there and gave the flowers to the man one of the leaders there and said this is She's not baptized yet, but guess what? You, you can guess it. She hasn't received the Holy Ghost yet, but guess what? Church, we live in a place where everything we believe is being mocked, mocked and downtrodden and rejected, that we're almost afraid to pray over our food in public in a restaurant. This is not a Canada issue. It's an American. Even in America, there's, there's silent, stealthy ways to get us to deny our beliefs in the open. But He will not be denied. He will not be denied. you to lift up your hands right now. The scripture that comes to me as you begin to pray 
is where Paul remember Paul says in 2nd Corinthians I take pleasure I take pleasure I'm happy in infirmities in reproaches in necessities in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake for when I am weak for when I am weak can you finish that sentence then I am oh right so that's where my strength is that's how I can be strong tomorrow when I go back to work or in the middle of the week when the boss rails on me or when my children just upset me or when the money is not coming through and my job is too hard and I'm stressed out and depressed and anxious that's where my strength is to take pleasure in reproaches in necessities and persecutions he said we are troubled on every side how many here you feel sometimes every side you turn to there's no help is it just me is it you why don't you just say I'm troubled on every side but I'm not distressed say I'm not distressed say I'm perplexed I'm confused sometimes with things that are happening around me my family my finances my work but I'm not in despair I might be persecuted, but I'm not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. I'm not destroyed. You're not destroyed. You're not destroyed. You're not destroyed. You're not destroyed. And they considered it a privilege, you know, the disciples in the early days to suffer great perils for the name of Jesus because they realized that the journey of discipleship is about developing the character of Christ. That the only way I can become like Christ is if I walk the way of Christ. And he was rejected by everyone, particularly his own. Iranian Christians jailed just a few months ago in Iran simply for sharing the gospel several years ago a young Iranian schoolgirl gave her life to Christ and when her parents found out her father beat her until she was almost dead she was seriously injured and she was actually paralyzed from waist down as a severe as because of the severe beating but she kept her faith and continued to share Christ you know what I want Sometimes I feel my story is nothing compared to that Iranian schoolgirl. What I want is I want that kind of power coursing through me. That if my neighbors reject me because I'm a little bit churchy, you know, I'm always talking about prayer meetings and church and Holy Ghost. I need to be talking about it more, but I want to be at a place where there's power coursing through me that nothing can get me down. Don't you want to be there at some point? I want to be at that point where I can read the newspapers and see all the horrible stuff that's happening around the world. And in the United States, there's stuff, there's such great division in society. There's those that are clamoring for rights and, there are, and others that are victims and, or, or playing the victim or whatever. But the enemy directs his, his attacks today in such a subtle way, not so much the physical body right, right now in America. We're not in the place yet where people are getting their heads chopped off or legs chopped off for professing Jesus Christ. Not yet. But it's coming. 
I believe that persecution is not a nice thing, but it's a necessary thing sometimes to cause us to hold on to this power, to cause us to lean solely on God and not everything else. The enemy is directing his attacks not against a person's physical body these days, but to our ego, you know. He focuses on the desire for acceptance, the fear of rejection, and the desire for status. I remember when the priest was surrounding me and just, you know, pushing me. Deny him. Jesus is not real. You do not know what you're going to lose. You're going to lose your mom and dad. They'll never speak to you again. You'll never be invited to weddings and funerals or birthdays. If your my mother told me this in eyeball to eyeball, my mother said, if I die, don't come for my funeral. It's very painful for a young girl. And that same mother said, I don't know what happened. All I know is you prayed and my legs don't hurt anymore. So I wanted to give flowers to Jesus. That was a long journey between then and now. But it was a journey worth walking. Don't give up on your children. On your spouse that is not worshipping with you yet. On your sons and daughters that may not be here yet. But if you want that power to be able to stand. Not just religious persecution like I went through. But any. The power to just stand in the face of rejection. And mocking. And persecution. And distress. And know that nothing can ever destroy you. Nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. Because you are more. More. Not just conquerors. But more than conquerors through Christ. Who loves you. If you want that power. Would you walk up in front and join me? Because I want to pray right now. Come on. Bring your families. Come up in front. I want to just pray. And I want you to pray with me. Everyone here. Everyone. Don't, don't, don't be afraid that, that you're going to be somehow put in a spotlight. No, the only thing that only one in the spotlight right now is Jesus Christ. Come on, right up in front, as close as you can get. As close as you can get. Come on, my love. He loves you, you know. You don't have to be afraid. Lift up our hands everywhere. Jesus said, Rejoice and be glad. Paul declared, I think myself happy. They had a made up mind, and God wants to fill you to the point where you have a made up mind. Come on, church. I'm asking, Pastor. And I'm asking Pastor Jack and I'm asking the ministry team here, would you pray for these precious people, the visitors, our church people that have come forward with needs. If you have a need, whatever it is, if it's healing your family or finances, put your hand sky high in the air so that we know who you are and we'll pray for you. Jesus is his name. 
God bless you this morning. And Sister Irene, God bless you this morning. I don't know where Sister Jerry is today. Maybe she had an appointment. Good morning to you. I'm very on Apostle Claudia Boatwright this morning. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Mary Ann. And uh, I got to check on Rose Brown, y'all. I hadn't checked on her in a couple of days. Sister Simone, good morning to you. And uh, Sister Melanie Rose, Sister Angela, and um, Sister Alexis, Sister Michelle, Sister uh, Andrea Philadelphia, Sister Keisha, Sister Angela Foote, and Sister Anna Lee Foote this morning. God bless you. Sister Sylvia Jones, God bless you, Sylvia. And good morning to you, Sister Sharon Slayton. And uh, I forgot to say good morning to uh, Brother Casper Hamilton yesterday. Good morning, Brother Hamilton. And can you send me that um, studio piece again, the picture of it? Uh, I don't know where I put it. I looked for it all yesterday because I need to get that so that we can keep sound here. I think it's like $149, something like that. But I need to work on getting that. So if you would send me that picture and link again, I'll go right to Amazon and get it. Yeah, I certainly will. Good morning to you, Sister Kim Hops, this morning. Uh, I think I said, Sister Irene, God bless you this morning. Irene had me up looking at a concert this morning. Her cousin in Australia was, and the girl can sing. And uh, so she sung a couple of songs that I knew, you know, and uh, it was just really nice. It was just really nice. Thank you so much uh, for that, Sister Irene. I enjoyed seeing all the Australian people and everything, yeah. It was wonderful, wonderful. Good morning to that main man, Brother Louis, holding that chat room down. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you this morning. <laughs> and good morning to you, uh, Brother Jermaine and Brother Anthony. I saw you, Brother D. Good morning to you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. And a good morning to you, Pastor David Jackson. Good morning to you, Brother Cal. And uh, good morning to you, uh, Brother George West Perry, Brother Lee Hamilton, and uh, good morning. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning to you, Brother Justin Gilmore, and uh, Brother Frank, and Brother Marquez Griffin. I got to check on Brother Frank today as well. Yeah, I need to check on Brother Frank, and uh, somebody else I said I need to check on. I look back over Rose Brown. So I'm going and check on her. I think I said good morning to Sister Melanie Rose. I didn't want to forget her. So I need to uh, check on her today and uh, Sister Rose Brown, make sure all is well with her. And I check on Brother Frank today, too. Matter of fact, y'all do me a favor and keep Rose Brown intercessors in prayer. Keep her in prayer. I'm going to post uh, some help with me today to pray for her. Because I need any and everybody that I can get to pray for her uh, and pray with me with me for her. So if you would be so kind, intercessors, to lift up Sister Rose Brown and her family in prayer today. I would greatly appreciate it. And I know she appreciates it and uh, everything. We know that God is faithful. He's able. He's able. Nothing too hard for him to do. And uh a while back, we prayed for a man by the name of James, and uh, I think he had some breathing problems. Uh, God had brought him through. Yeah, he he had come through much better than you know they, they thought he would come through, 
And so uh, I got the message today that he passed away, I think it was this morning. So look, y'all keep his family uh, lifted in prayer. So we thank God that we can pray. And look, we have uh, the prayer club over on Facebook. And uh, you'll see Sister Dorothy Goodman, uh, she posts uh, scriptures of the day over there every morning. And then you'll see different ones, her, me, Jerry, even Sister Irene, you'll see us posting prayers over there every day because that's what I wanted to do to make sure we have prayer going on over there all the time. But uh, if you would be so kind as to, if you have a prayer request, put it posted over there. You don't have to tell it, get deep, just put the name, pray for whoever. And uh, we got it from there. So listen, uh, yeah, I really hated to hear that this morning about James, but God knows what's best. And we don't know the level, I always say, of the person suffering. Because if they're in the hospital, if they're going through, yeah, it's some suffering going on. And who want to suffer like that? Yeah. Good morning to you, Sherry. God bless you. <laughs> it's been a minute, Sherry. It has been a minute. I was thinking about you yesterday. That's Brother Louis White. And uh, I was thinking about Christmas. Yeah, Sherry, we at that close to that time again. So I wanted to, I asked him a couple of questions, and he answered the questions. So it blew me out the water, Sherry, because he already had got your deep fryer. So I'm looking, I'm looking and praying, and uh, it will be all right. So happy to know that you're here listening today. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. Again, that's Brother Louis Wise, Sherry. C-H-E-R-I-I. And Ashante always asked me, I said, well, I haven't heard from Sherry, and I didn't remember uh, to ask Louie, because she always loved Sherry. Yeah. How's Sister Sherry doing, Mama? Yeah, because when we go to O'Callaghan, Sherry buddies, me and Louie buddies. And so I just thank God for good people. First time I went down there, she was so kind and nice to me. And, uh, well, every time I've gone, and... uh, Sister Barbara, I was looking at a house. Look in the backyard. That fence is no good. Yeah, Sherry was on it. Yeah, anything she saw that wasn't right, she told me about it and uh, treated me to breakfast and took me to their favorite spot, I think it was, for breakfast. Wonderful food. And so uh, I enjoyed myself down there with them. Louis had been here with me as long as I've been here. Louis hang right on in there. He told me, though. He said, as long as you keep preaching Jesus, I'm going to hang in there. Now, when you stop preaching Jesus, I've got to go. Yeah. And so he and Sharon, a lot of mornings, Sharon be asleep or, or she's doing something else. But I thank God for you uh, listening in today, Sharon. Don't be a stranger now because you know I might forget your name. You don't want me to forget your name now, Sharon. So keep coming. I really appreciate it. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus today. So listen, the studio open. Uh, if there's anyone have something they would like to say, maybe you have a testimony you want to testify, press that number one and come in, and uh, it'll be all right. Yeah, all right. And I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play your song. Would you mind if we play it as uh, our last song of the morning? Okay, because I am going to get your song in. But listen, let's go to this one, and then uh, when we come back, if no one have anything they would like to say, I will pray us out this morning. <laughs> 
And we pray God bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah.
more than just a radio. This is Jesus in the Morning Radio, spreading the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the good news of Jesus. Ah, yes, that's good news right there. Just the name of Jesus is good news. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we thank God today. Thank God for Sister uh, Sherry being able to come in this morning and uh, take a listen. Great fun to the Lord for all he has done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do for us. We're thankful. So if no one have anything they would like to say this morning, we will leave early. I will pray us out, and uh, we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah. Yeah, I like that song, too. I came to tell you. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And so I'm thankful unto the Lord. He's a way maker today. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, let me say this before we pray. Anybody want to donate to the 149 board uh, for, the, for the show, please feel free to cash out me. And uh, let me give you the name in case you want to bless me today. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, it would greatly help me. Uh, my cash app name is <laughs> uh, the money sign, uh, the big C, A-S-H, uh, the big N, O-W, 1727. Cash now, 1727. Cash now, 1727. And you should see me when you pull it up. So if you want to be a blessing today and... Uh, give to that boy. I plant it as a seed. Plant it as a seed. I would greatly appreciate it today. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. We're going to pray. Father God, again, we thank you this morning, Lord, for all that has been done here today. Thank you for all that has been said. Father, we thank you for this wonderful testimony of Sister Marshall. We thank you, Lord, for how you drew her, how you brought her. Thank you for blessing a father to come, God, and our brothers. And, Lord, we know you're able to save a mother. Do it for your glory today. Hallelujah. And that she will continue to testify of your goodness, all your grace and your mercy, most of all your love today, in the name of Jesus. Father, bless every caller here this morning, every listener, those coming through the archives and the podcast. And, Father, this weekend as we depart, Lord, we ask for special blessings. We ask for special miracles because your special blessings, special miracle work in God. And Lord, those that are sick, we ask that you would heal here today in the name of Jesus. You heal all manner of sickness and disease. There's nothing too hard for you to do. And Father, you told us to cast our cares upon you, for you care for us. And Lord, everything that's concerning us, we're giving it to you in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we trust you, and we're walking away. And it's all done by faith. God, we believe you today, and we believe your word concerning us. We thank you this morning for being the head and not the tail. We thank you for being above and not beneath. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Father, we thank you that we can do all things through Christ who strengthened us today. We thank you that we can continue to look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord. Father, you made the heavens and the earth. 
And we thank you this morning for your many miracles that you're dropping upon us this weekend. A special God, hallelujah. Unexpected miracles this weekend. We look to you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Every caller and every listener this weekend, Father, move in a special way. In the name of Jesus, I ask. In the name of Jesus, we touch and agree and ask your Father. And as we depart this morning, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. Father, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. And Father, we ask all of this again in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And hallelujah. Listen, the, the PayPal, uh, you can send it to uh, freedomdoors at yahoo.com. It may come up on the Miss Mug, but you can send it to freedomdoors at yahoo.com over on PayPal. If you veil me, uh, you can just veil me at, I'm trying to think, Barbara Pittman. I think you can just veil me through that and it should bring my uh, account up. So I would greatly appreciate it, but I'm going in and try to get this board myself so I don't have to keep working on stuff inside of this uh, computer to, to do what it's supposed to do. And, uh, We'll move it on in Jesus' name. So have a blessed weekend. We're going to the last song of the morning. And uh, after this song, I won't be coming back today. God bless you. God bless you.